0: Take your Bibles, if you will, to the book of 2 Peter, chapter number 3. The book of 2 Peter, chapter number 3 this morning. We are continuing our series of messages on love changes everything. Love changes everything, and our focus has been on the family. And today, uh, as we talk about graduation and we talk about Uh, Coming to a new chapter in our lives. And um, for some of you that are experiencing that as you um, tell your graduates or or others, you know, goodbye from your home and into a next uh, phase in their life. It it can be a change. And so today we're going to be challenged to look at um, experiencing the power of grace in our homes. Experiencing the power of grace in our homes. We've been, we've been dealing with this idea of grace and everything that we do as it comes to our homes. And so today, uh, just for a few moments, I want to share with you about uh, experiencing that, the power of grace in our home. Today as we celebrate our graduates, their high school years are behind them and their future is before them. Uh, certainly what an amazing opportunity that they have. The, 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 uh, the, the idea of graduating from high school and the idea of graduating from college and and uh, just so many things ahead. There was, it's been a, there's a story about a pilot who had been on a very long flight and the crew was very tired. This was even more apparent by the rough landing that they had. Anybody ever had a rough landing on an aircraft? Right? It It's just been a long day. This particular airline had the policy, though, that the pilot must stand by the door as the people exited to thank them for flying with the airline. Well, the truth was the pilot was dreading it based upon the landing. And, uh, and so he was dreading this because of the landing, but he stood faithfully by. Surprisingly enough, the people filed off and none said a word. They were just probably happy to be on the ground. Then came the last passenger, an elderly lady walking with a cane. And as she got up to the captain, she said, Can I ask you a question? Sure, answered the captain. She said, Did we land or were we shot down? Did we land or were we shot down? You know what the truth is, is that as chapters in our lives begin to roll over, sometimes we wonder, have we landed or were we shot down? You know, and and looking at our lives. And so today, just for a, a few moments, I want us to look at that thought. No matter what lies ahead of us, grace is the unlimited resource of God. It is the powerful inner working of the Holy Spirit to provide strength and to develop us into his image. And can I tell you today, no matter if you're graduating from high school, graduating from college, you're a mom, you're a dad, uh, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, uh, a single person, wherever you find yourself in this mix, the, the truth of the matter is, is that God is working with us and on the inside of us to strengthen and to develop us into His image. And that is what our challenge is. Our challenge is is to be developed into the image of God. And and by the way, can I tell you something this morning? That That is us making the development. That is us deciding that we are going to develop into His image. You know, God is constantly working on us, and He's constantly molding us into what He wants us to be. But we have to be the ones that's pliable enough and that's used enough to be able to be molded into the image that he would have for us. 1 Corinthians fifteen uh, ten. one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. The Bible says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. I am what I am. And the Bible says, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me me listen if there could ever be something that we could get out of this is that Paul reminds us that by the grace of God I am who I am don't try to be something that you're not just be who you are let me say that again stop trying to be something that you're not just be who you are you know, uh, we always strive and we always think, boy, if I could be like this person or that person, if I could have these accomplishments or that accomplishment. Listen, there's a lot of things that I wish that I could do, but I can't. But I want, there's one thing I do know. I am, but I am, by the grace of God. God made me just the way that He wanted me. He designed me just the way that He wanted me to be. He designed me with my emotions. He designed me with my, my, my psychological makeup. He designed me with my looks. He designed everything about me And I need to realize that I am what I am by His grace. And I need to accept that. If you have your Bibles, if you're standing with me, 2 Peter chapter number 3. Just two verses this morning. 2 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse number 17. 2 Peter 3 verse 17, the Bible says this. For it is better if the will of God be so that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing, for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Look at me again again in verse 17, "For it is better if the will of God be so, that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. Father, we love you. Lord, I pray that you'll bless the reading of your word. Lord, I pray that you will help us in the few moments that we have today to be encouraged by the grace of God in our lives. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. If you're in the habit of taking notes, there's an outline on the back of your bulletin. Number one, the potential of grace. The potential of grace. I remember when I walked across the stage in my high school. Um, By the way, I graduated in the top five of my class, in case anybody's wondering. There were only five of us. <laughs> that is a true story. But when I walked across my, gra- my uh, high school uh, graduation night that night, and, and I walked across and I shook the president's hand, and he shook my hand, and this is what he said to me he said, Son, you've got a lot of potential. I appreciate that. But then he said this, and I'll never forget it. He was whispering it in my ear. He said, son, you got a lot of potential. But it's up to you to tap into it. And from that day on, I realized something. That as I took my diploma and I graduated from high school, that now it was up to me to figure out through God's help whether or not I was going to be a success or whether or not I was going to do what God did not want me to do. You say, Pastor, did you always make the right choices? Absolutely not. There are some choices I wish I could go back and change, but I can't. And I believe if we were all honest here this morning, we'd all say the same thing. There are some things that we cannot change. But I want to tell you something this morning that... that Each one of you have, and especially to our graduates, that the potential of grace in our lives is amazing if we will just allow God to permeate that grace into our lives. Can I tell you this, that we will never reach our potential apart from grace. We will never reach our potential apart from grace. Because, you see, grace is what is extended to me so that I can keep going whenever I make mistakes. I can keep going whenever I do things that maybe I should not do. And, And in order to reach my full potential, I have to understand the grace of God. First of all, God's grace will strengthen the Christian God's grace will strengthen the Christian. I need to know that my strength and my comfort and everything that I need is in grace. I bet each one of these graduates could say that over the past two or three weeks, they've spent many a night up all night long. Projects being due, things that have to be done in order to accomplish the graduation, tests that had to be taken. You see, God's grace will give us the strength in every testing circumstance that we're faced with. Second Timothy chapter 2 says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among my witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Can I tell you something this morning, graduates? That now that you've graduated from your perspective places, there are people that are going to be looking up to you. There are going to be people that that are now uh, looking toward and and at you uh, because they see that that accomplishment, they see that potential in mind, and they're going to be resting and and, and trusting in you. And the only way that we can determine that, the only way that we can handle that is to understand that it's the grace of God that has allowed me to get to where I am. All the accomplishments, everything that we've done in our lives is all because of Of Jesus Christ. Please don't ever forget that. Number two. uh, God's grace will stabilize the Christian. First it will strengthen the Christian. And then it will stabilize the Christian. It will stabilize you. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. What does it say? So walk ye in him walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Listen to me, graduates, this morning. You're going to leave this place and you're going to go to different areas of your life. Some of you are going away to college. Some of you are continuing college. uh, uh, And and here's where we're at. You're going to get to that place, as Pastor Parker said, where your faith is going to be tested. And that is the moment... That we find out how rooted we really are. Can I tell you something church this morning? Some of you here. Every single day of your life. Your faith is tested. And you're trying to figure out. How deep the roots go. I remember growing up. And we lived in a double wide mobile home. In Jacksonville Florida. On 10 acres. And behind us was acres that had not been, uh, uh, it, was, it was trees and lots of limbs and, and just debris. And I remember when the storms would come, my dad would say, when the storm's over, we have to go clean up. And I often would ask my dad, why, why do we have to go clean up? Why, why is it that all this debris gets thrown all over our yard and all over our house? And this is what he would say, because the roots aren't very deep, son. And you know what? That's exactly... ...what it's like in the Christian life. When trials and problems begin to come... ...and the waves begin to blow... ...if you're not careful, if you're not rooted enough... ...you're just going to bounce all around. I would challenge you this morning... ...that we get rooted and we get established... ...in our faith as we've been taught. Let us see God's grace... ...when not only uh, it will secure the Christian... ...it will secure the Christian... The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You can be secure in Jesus Christ. God does not always isolate us from harm. But I promise you that he surrounds us with his grace. He surrounds us with his grace. Number two. The prevention of grace. You said, Pastor, what are you talking about? Look at me in verse number 17 again. Verse number 17. I've lost my place. Give me just a moment here. Uh, yeah. Here we go. Verse 17. For it is better, if the will of God be so, that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil doing that you suffer for well-doing rather than evil doing the prevention of grace in other words what prevents grace in my life well what will prevent grace in my life is evil doing the things that that are happening in my life if i'm deciding that i'm going to do things that are contrary to the word of god it is going to prevent grace from being in my life it is going to prevent me from doing the things that i should be doing first of all beware lest you forget what you already know you say, Pastor, this, this. what do you mean by that? Forget what you already know. Listen, we've been taught all of our lives, and, and many of you here, uh, uh, Bible stories and things from the very beginning of your life, and now you've grown up, and now you're to a place where where you feel like that, that you know a lot. Can I tell you something? That we cannot forget where God brought us from to where we are today. We cannot forget the things that have been established and the doctrine that's been established in our life, because the moment that we forget, we're going to be stirred up. We're going to be motivated to do things that are contrary to the Word of God. I remember uh, even in Bible college, uh, we, were, we were challenged with things and people that were there, that, that were not there for the right reasons. And what they were trying to do is they were trying to sway us in the wrong ways. Listen, do not allow anyone or anything to sway you away from the grace of God. We can't even allow any of our government officials or any of our uh, uh, cities, or any of our uh, 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 main figures in our life to, to try to convince us and try to pull us away from the grace of God. I don't know about you, but I, we should not be running uh, from the grace of God. We should be running to the grace of God in this day and age. Some people need to understand that that we need to be stirred up. Certainly we need to be stirred up. What do we need to be stirred up about? We need to be stirred up that God is still alive and he's still well. And that there's still a mission to do. And that the grace of God is still abounding in our hearts and our lives. Listen, beware lest you forget what you already know. Our knowledge needs to be translated into our lifestyle. You said, Pastor... It's not about the things that we do on the outside that that is relational to salvation. I understand that, but it's certainly relational to our Christian life. We should not live a double standard. The Bible says the double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Who I am here is who I need to be out there. Are you with me? I I need to understand that my, what I know and the things that I have, they need to be applied to my life. The other day, I was, uh, I went into the Minute Market, the same Minute Market I was telling you about a few weeks ago where I met the man. This is true. I went and the cashier was the same person. And he looked at me and I, of course, I had my note. He said, you're the pastor. I said, that's right. I'm the pastor. And this is what he said to me. He said, would you pray with me right now? Sure, I'll pray with you. I prayed with him. I didn't know what his need was. Miss Lily Mayagan went into the hospital on Friday evening. I headed to the hospital. When I arrived, do you know who was sitting in the waiting room? The man from the Minute Market, I don't even know his name. I walked to the doors and I said, I'm here to see Mrs. Egan." He came and stood right beside me. And this is all he said to me and he walked away. He said, Pastor, I told you I needed prayer. And he turned around and walked away. You say, what are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm trying to say that our knowledge needs to be translated into our lifestyle." People need to know that we care. My mentor once told me, People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You know what? That is so very true. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And can I tell you that our lifestyle, our knowledge that we have, needs to be translated? And what does it need to be translated? It needs to be translated into the grace of God. Listen, we don't don't need to be judgmental. We don't need to to look at people's appearances and the things that they say and have and and decide whether or not we're going to be involved in their life. Listen, the knowledge that we have says that God loves everyone. And that's what the grace is. Martin Luther once spent three days in black depression over something that had had gone wrong. On the third day, his wife came downstairs and she was dressed in mourning clothes. Who's dead? Uh, uh, Luther asked her. She said, "God." Luther rebuked her, saying, "What do you mean God is dead? God cannot die." Well, she replied, "The way you've been acting, I was—I was—I wasn't sure he had. I was sure he had died." You know, when people look at us and they see our lives, do they see a God that is alive, or do they just see our cars leave on Sunday morning? Do they, do they see a God who's living in our lives and in our hearts? Or is it just an act that we do? I think this is a great thought. How do we act in relation to the grace of God? see, the Bible says that we are rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you've been taught, according therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. Second of all, beware lest you fall from your steadfastness. Beware lest you fall from your steadfastness. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter four that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they live, or excuse me, they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in what? Love. May grow up into him all things which is the head, even Christ. Speaking the truth in love. Graduates, people need to know that you stand for Christ. Moms and dads, people need to know that you stand for Christ. Grandmas and grandpas, people need to know that you stand for Christ. Everyone, people need to know that we stand for Christ. Listen to me. Are you ready for this? We should not only stand for Christ, we should stand with Christ. Meaning that I stand up for God, but I stand up with him. I stand up and I believe the scriptures and I believe that the promises that he gives to me. And not only do I believe them, but I'm going to live by them. I'm going to stand with him. Number three, and I'll be done. The power of grace. What is the power of grace in our life? First of all, very simply, the power to save. The power to save. Aren't you thankful this morning that Jesus Christ had the power to save? Aren't you thankful this morning that that because of that power, we have hope in Jesus Christ? Ephesians chapter 2, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Nothing that I can do, it's only through the power of Jesus Christ. God's love flows from His character, not from ours. His love is not dependent upon anything we have done or will do. If you do nothing to serve Him the rest of your life, He will love you no less. That's the power of grace. Number two, the power to glorify God. He has the power to save and the power to glorify God. Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Can I tell you that in our lives, we need to understand that there's a power to save and there's a power to glorify God. Listen to me, church, this morning. I know this is a very quick and simplistic message. But I want you to know something. That if we could really establish grace in our homes, we could be changed. If we could really establish grace in our lives, we could be changed. What is grace, pastor? It is what's bestowed upon us every day of our lives so that we can continue living the life that God desires for us to live. Will God give me the grace to continue? Absolutely. Will God give me the grace to move past my circumstances? Absolutely. Will God give me the grace for my future? Absolutely. All we have to do is realize that we can experience the power of grace in our lives.